Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also Friday Night SmackDown, NXT 2, oh, AW Dynamite, Dizzy Rampage, baby, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick's look ahead to Monday Night Raw tonight. And whisper it, but are WWE on a bit of a roll? Considering that they're building a pay-per-view that they've had to downsize because they couldn't sell out a stadium for. Yes. Like, premium live event, good. Raw, good. Smackdown, good. Best one of the year, arguably, yeah. Cannot last. Cannot last. But they've got the free hit of money in the bank off, like, allowing them, basically, to yet again not push Roman Reigns outside of this Matt Riddle one-off. Not worry that Ronda Rousey is not connecting because these stipulations at this point, the ladder matches are Teflon. I think the last few shows genuinely have been quite good. Uh, Raw. <laughs> Raw shouldn't be as passable a viewing experience as it is at the moment, quite honestly. Like, it's not, I'm not saying it's this thing that's full of peaks. It's not like this great thrill ride of a wrestling show, far from it. But there's some genuinely decent characters in all right storylines that feels less fluff than usual. And I don't know if it's something to do with the... Because uh, Roman Reigns theoretically being nowhere near it and there being no title matches, no challenges or whatever, should create a problem. But instead, because the wrestlers are typically so hopeless, now it almost feels like the less so because it's like, well, you're never going to fight for a title even if the champion was around. <laughs> but lift the champion away and it's like, oh, your pursuit doesn't seem cut so futile anymore. <laughs> Good for you. And they all just, I don't know, like it does feel like a more creative than usual time. I wouldn't say the building stars for the stadiums. You know, the, the big picture stuff is not really being addressed. But just week to week, I don't think mm. it's a terrible time. Barely watched it last week, to be honest. I was uh, <laughs> extremely ill on Sunday night slash Monday morning. Um, so I only really caught up on the main event of Hell in a Cell. And because I didn't have to review it and really watch Raw, 
<laughs> I was going to say, what we should have done it is because you were in the midst of this illness with like fever dreams and stuff. Which I should have presented like two truths and a lie of something that happened <laughs> on Raw. Things I saw the odd thing on Twitter, but the buzz is so minimal. Like you don't really see that much. Uh, again, maybe I'm just following the wrong accounts. So maybe every single account that's half decent that I follow has just given up on WWE since... We used to talk about things in WWE. <laughs> it used to be the only real thing to talk about that everyone talked about, so it was worth being involved and being online. Um, but now there's AEW. Like, people just don't bother burying WWE anymore. So maybe I just don't follow the right people, but it doesn't seem like this halfway amount of critical acclaim actually means anything. There is, I think there's a, a divide opening up, or maybe it's just opened up now and it exists, and this is kind of like the, the wrestling sphere we're living in. I know that we will probably all coexist in a similar one where AEW will dominate the conversation online and you will see, at the moment it's a debate about quality, but there's always a debate about something which clues you into the fact that people are plugged in, like or dislike, it's that they're really plugged in. I think it exists for WWE, I just don't see it. Like, I, I think there's another mm. oh, there's yeah. another timeline, there's another Reddit There's a where you don't engage with it, or by this point all those accounts are muted because of, like, bad arguments or bad people from another, you know, period of time. But the, I think the, I don't it know. Must what, exist. Well, like, it's maybe, it was like, a, for a while it was a schism, and now it's just, there are two sides, and they're quite content in their own bubbles. Like, the WWE are, like, selling out some houses here and there. They get, like, they're drawing big crowds for Have things. Have you seen the uh, numbers for tonight? No, they're really. It's like, is thir- it's like thirty-one hundred. Is that gonna? Oh, there you go. So like, undermines the point straight away. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like the, um, like the Allstate for Hell in a Cell, for example. Like, United Center is a bigger building, so AEW can claim a bit of a, a bit of a W in terms of what like the state of Chicago at the moment. But this specific brand of WWE, which was effectively a one-match B show, selling out a building. Like, the, I think to whatever their audience is when it's not pervy old men on a Tuesday. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I get the impression that the, it is happening. It's just the, the two sides have become a bit more separated now. Rather than everybody going to war, as was dictated to by the companies enjoying the narrative of a war, I don't think that's really there anymore. I think people are just either enjoying or not enjoying their products down like separate lanes. I've noticed less and less and less and less online, on Twitter specifically, of just an absolutely stupid thing that someone said that doesn't reflect hardly anyone, and yet it's so memorably stupid that everyone decides to quote tweet dunk and say, look mm. what this side says about something. I've noticed less and less than that of mm. late. Maybe we've all collectively matured and have stopped like amplifying terrible noise, knowing full well. That well what's the end goal as well? Exactly. Yeah. I think it only obviously it only exists for engagement, but I think I've never read more about a bad take and the dunks on a bad take than the actual take, which was seemingly the entire online wrestling fan experience for about two years. Mm. So maybe that's, maybe we're all just, maybe just no one cares about anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe everyone's like me. What do you think, I know you might not have seen it in its entirety, but what do you think of them changing the judgment day and replacing the, embracing, I was about to call him the edge then, (laughs) uh, replacing edge with Finn Balor. It's so funny. It's absolutely hilarious (coughs) because the judgment day with edge at the helm won mm-hmm. at Hell in a Cell. They, they, they won. They've won the entire time. They've made so many enemies with Edge at the helm of Judgment Day that they've actually all come together to thwart the Judgment Day. And then the Judgment Day won, and then they turned on, judgment, on Edge the rest of the Judgment Day. Right. I know why. 
It's because they've got no stars. And rather than actually make one and build one and push them with patience and an interesting character arc, and if it doesn't really work for the first few months, keep at it. In fact, do it more than once. Do it with more than one performer <laughs> in the background. Um, give them like a three-month plan. Put like on your, on your whiteboard, on your um, board um, backstage, identify who you think will get over, right? And keep them over. And like create rules around this particular performer, right? Don't pin them in TV matches. Don't do certain things. Don't even if it's a distraction finish. Create rules around three or four performers in each division. Tag uh, women, men's divisions, and then if you are forced, right? We can't do that with that person, that talent, because we are really interested in in about three to six months, really doing something with them. And if we don't do stupid things connected to that act, then they will slowly develop a bit of trust in the audience and they might get over as someone to, to watch out for. They don't do this with anyone, hardly. <laughs> Even Riddle was like eating pins left, right, and center on their build to WrestleMania. It's a good job he's got the personality he has. But because they don't do this and they, because they don't push anyone, they've realized, right, with Cody gone, we need another baby face. That's not Lashley because we need, we need more than one. Right, who've we got? No one, we don't push anyone. We don't really do anything. Uh, so what we're going to do? Right, well, we could turn Edge. Easy. Gets a reaction when he's a face. Not really a TV draw, but, you know, he's it's the easiest option. I like that. We need a draw. Or we could have Edge. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that's what's so funny about it. One is the age-old problem of them never pushing anyone. Mm-hmm. Two is the fact that it makes absolutely zero narrative sense because he was winning all the time Well, as a heel. I've got a point to make on that. What? <laughs> okay, uh, Billy Big Bollocks, let's hear it. No, I, I just... Right, Mr. Man. Because I thought... I explained this to you on the Raw review, didn't yeah. I? That, that yes, they were winning, but Edge was the weak link. Because every time that he won, it was via help from someone else. Rhea Ripley standing master in the plan. ring. Rhea Ripley standing in the ring and distracting Finn Balor. And yeah, they quickly, them, them quickly realising that he needed them more than they needed him. Mm. These take. young guns, these young guns like Damien Priest, you know, they got they got a lot of life left. It was them, explaining yeah. around the obvious that it actually happened. Oh, 100%. I, I agree ex- with what you're saying that they went, oh, just need to make you a face. I accepted it as a narrative explanation that if they were, well, presumably they will choose to use it on Raw tonight, I would imagine, when they explain their reactions. But yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a Cody reason. But it is 100% we could all see it. Yeah, We could all see it as it was happening, that it was a Cody reason. Yeah, it's a Cody reason. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just hilarious, because not only is Edge nearing 50, not only is Edge hardly enjoying the most critically acclaimed or interesting run of his career, but he won 24 hours before they <laughs> yeah. turned on him. And since he's returned, big, uh, big stadiums have really enjoyed him as a face. The Royal Rumble return, the reaction he got at WrestleMania mm. 37, um... He's still not a TV draw. He's still not moving any needles. He's just edge, and he's kind of just there now. So for him to be the big next great babyface hope in that men's division just amuses me to no end. I just enjoy your head cannon to a degree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to justify it in my head, I think. But why let them so. justify it for you? Well, that's, that's the reason I, I gave, mm. and I did like the fact that... Well, I'm just... Basically, long story short, I'm just hoping that they don't have any, anywhere near as much time to talk about fucking sheeple and stuff like that anymore. No, Finn Balor and, and, and... It felt like ba- they were going to put Balor in it. Yeah. Like there was a there was a tease at Hell in a Cell that sort of implied that Balor was going to join out of being beaten down by them and instead, obviously, just replaced. I just, you think you know me? 
did actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now they have not only a new leader, but also the number one contender in the women's division, Rhea Ripley winning that excellent main event last week. Um, what's next for them? Is it potentially even adding Champa to their ranks? It's another young guy. <laughs> the Champa thing got odder last week. So, you know, we've all sat here and said, isn't it weird that he does this thing and then he's erased from view or he keeps getting interrupted and it seemed fitting that he would be the next person to join. And that's... Some people can't get their point across nowadays. They just get interrupted all the time. Those were the days when I was allowed to wrestle my match and just take in the acclaim. I used to... Nowadays, don't respect your elders. I used to be friendly with a stray cat down in the old black and gold world. <laughs> uh, see, he's got some new friends. I'm going to have to get reacquainted with that cat. Of uh, course, we are rivals once upon a time. Great fights have a way of earning your respect. Many people say, uh, old man champion, you ain't got many days left. Well, I'll tell you what day I got left, and that's the judgment day. <laughs> it's, well, so it all seems to be going that way. And then last week, he, it's become more about the fact that he just really wants to look after the miss. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Old Hollywood over there. I used to watch an old talkie in my time. <laughs> and they started adding pictures. <laughs> miss, he reminds me of those days. The old matinee. <laughs> Maurice, she reminds me of a young Marilyn <laughs> <laughs> Well, Wilborn, tell me. What is it about this woman specifically <laughs> that, uh... makes you draw parallels with uh, Marilyn Monroe? I just get this sense she's got a great... Great sense of something about her. <laughs> this dame got something about her. What is it? That's, I'd say it's probably two things, but I can't quite put my finger on it for a variety of reasons. How do you do, my lady? I chat was helping the Miz more than he is attacking heels now. Uh, attacking other baby faces. It's not. It's not an individual feud with somebody. He's like. I'm feeding with whoever the Miz is feeding with. <laughs> yeah. That's his shtick. So I don't know if that's pulled him away from Judah. He should probably join. Like, that's a Jade Cargill list. But, like, cut the shit. Just, yeah. just put him in the groove. Um, they've got momentum, right? In spite of axing their leader, who had just won 24 hours earlier. They were talked about a little bit last week by that side of the Twitter fence. Who care? Um, Finn Balor. I think, I like, I remember me and Sidgwick disagreeing a lot on this. I think with the right um, subject matter, he's got a really good promo in him, like a good heel promo when he's not doing, Cat's got the cream and, and dead hard. Like, I don't buy it. Don't watch Prince Devitt. I know that he's got oh, no, I, I was referring. I was referring to the one where he slagged the fiend that time. All right. And when he, like on NXT. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you remember, actually, Hamlet? I don't know if there was a pasty bet made, but we did have a... Spirit of debate about whether Edge as the leader of the Judgment Day would really get over. <laughs> <laughs> we did. You were, you, were, you were the right side of what sucked about Edge. Yeah, well, that's how it was. <laughs> no, it's, um, he got so over, they needed him. He's, just, he's turned naturally a babyface straight away. <laughs> he just couldn't stay healed that long. That's how damn popular he was. I uh, put Champa with him. Um, Rhea Ripley going for the title's pretty cool. Again, yeah. like it's sort of, they have, a, they have an opportunity Despite the transparency of the Finn Balor taking over, they do have an opportunity here where, like, Balor says that they're a big deal. Rhea going for the title sort of is proof of concept. And you very sort of like, you rapidly expedite them to being like a main event concern mm. and then Damien Priest 
I don't know, gets to rub up next to some like headliners and they can try and fake that he's also a top guy. It's money in the bank season, isn't it? They could hire him in the ladder match and then the suggestion is that like it's going to be a big, money in the bank's going to be a big show for the judgment day mm. and all that sort of stuff. Can make them feel, oddly enough, without edge, the most focused upon as like a big time unit so far. Yeah, having Rhea Ripley in this group and contending for the top title in her division does legitimise this group away from just... Edge's new vehicle to get over as a mm. heel because that's what he wants to do, which is what I really scanned like to me. Um, so that's a benefit of having like different. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Like if you have like a, a tag team and a singles guy in a stable, and you go for those titles, it makes you feel like they're dominating the whole company. If you add a woman to the mix, and he can really sort of make them feel like a big deal. So the the, the thing, never guilty about criticizing the WWE development because, you know, it's an evil corporation. But at the same time, it's like they've done some noble things, mm. I guess, have just completely failed drastically. Um, but the question now remains is with... Because Edge is, like, kind of on or adjacent to creative. Or at least he's in a position now where he can say, I'm just not doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely not doing that. Apparently, and I'll hold my head up and say this, I thought he was petitioning to do the spooky stuff because of this creative role. But as it transpires... He just wanted to do like a vaguely metal aesthetic group and was did not want anything to do with the overt supernatural mm. leaning. Sorry, mate, we got this big chair. Like, you know, <laughs> not going that away. So maybe because Bala doesn't have anywhere near the same kind of agency or, or, or pull. So should we, or will we rather, see any supernatural stuff as part of the judgment date tonight? We better not. And should we guess for the purposes of a game? Maybe he sort of does like a reverse Undertaker and indeed a reverse himself. And his entrance now is him putting his arms down like that and all the lights <laughs> go off instead of bringing them up. I like that. Or oh, they go purple. When he puts his lights down, they go purple. Oh. oh. I do want him to have purple trunks and a purple leather yeah, jacket, purple by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my also, Maya my, my was going to say what they're going to do for their entrance because obviously it used to be, you think you know me, <laughs> you never do. So is it going to be them individually doing? You take your nose. <laughs> Flaming Goliath, you never bloody. <laughs> What's you trying to reverse the car out of a goldie sack there? Yeah. Where's this going? What, ah, there's lots of fascinating directions and questions. Dot 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 for perverse reasons as mm. it pertains to the judgment day tonight. What the? Their versions. What do they like? That's supernatural. Lights. Hamlet's really onto something here. What about goo? Goo. What about goo? Is that uh, Irish? No. <laughs> what's 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 uh, goo in Irish? Goo. 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 Put a fucking goo out his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's Prince Devitt with goo, basically. Yeah. I love it. Uh, right, let's move on. Let's talk about Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. Uh, we were enjoying in the office earlier on, Sige. Uh, Ezekiel going to the NXT Performance Centre. <laughs> Meeting some young guns just like himself. <laughs> Finding out where his brother started out. Getting to meet Nikita Lyons and Tony D'Angelo and uh, and the like, basically. Telling Bron Breaker that, like, his uncle's inspired, his dad inspired him and his brother to be just like the Steiners. Couldn't think of a name. <laughs> um, I sense, with Kevin Owens being 1-0 one, one up in this uh, on premium live event shows, Ezekiel may get a win back here, possibly courtesy of his brother. My favourite thing about this is that, why would his brother have anything to do with it? Just a guitar strum, I mean. Just a distract yeah, talent. Yeah, okay. It's what we booked at the pay-per-view, yeah. and it didn't come to pass, so it's going to come eventually. My favourite thing about this, not particularly wrestling-themed storyline. It's not about a championship. 
It's not about proving who's a better man in an intense grudge conflict. It's a wacky thing that Bruce Pritchard finds funny, and to his credit, this kind of was. Yeah. And then the second it actually turns into headlock, drop down, leapfrog, that, oh, this can't possibly work, and <laughs> no results can mean anything or inform anything because none of this has got anything to do with wrestling and what still it actually is, despite WWE spending at least two decades telling you it isn't. <laughs> so I was reading a review, um, just one of these terribly written ones where they give you the nuts and bolts of what happened because I missed it. Not that I would ever read it for analysis. I won't be a dickhead and name the, um, the website. <laughs> uh, I just mouthed it. <laughs> and the reviewer went, oh, well, something funny has happened here because uh, what now for Ezekiel? What now? For Kevin Owens has proved in his head that it's not Elias. No, that he is Elias. Mm-hmm. But um, it isn't. So what does he do now? Does he winning the match doesn't prove that Ezekiel isn't Elias? It's like, yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> so then you think, why does it exist? Why does the wrestling match exist? Uh, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, Just to beat the truth out of him. Yeah, it's. I think it exists to do that. The Elias finish. I, I kind of thought they'd do it at the pay per view, and I think what they thought they had to do. I was reflecting on this afterwards. Owens winning was vitally important to the credibility of the Owens character. Mm. I, th- I think that's what they've that's arrived. Zeke's at. first match on. Well, yeah, but how much do you play with that? Like, yeah. we've all said it's really fun to go along with the idea that everybody in the building knows who he is, but it's more fun to watch Kevin Owens stew about it. But then you can't really do that in the actual body of a match, can you? Like, we can all sit there and pretend it's like, go on, Zeke, it's your first match, blah, blah, blah. But then, ultimately, if he just loses, it's like, it's not his first match, is it? It's his hundredth and odd. He's Elias. Like, uh, so it does, the match is where this does get tricky. Um, but again, I kind of, I got suckered in last week because they're just... The reaction was it was improbable and impossible. The the what they drew from the Eli, uh, Ezekiel doing that like sort of Eddie Guerrero. Hello, bit, just so like, <laughs> yeah. He said, "I am oh. Elias." If you missed this, he said, yeah, "I think so." Was this on last week's Raw? On yeah. last week's Raw, yeah. He it's said, "How arrived?" Said, "I want another match for you, Kevin." And he said, "I'll give you the match if you admit you're Elias." And he went, "Okay, I'm Elias." Owens was like, "Yes," and he went, "So I've got the match." And he went, "Yeah, of course you have." And he went, "Well, I got you your own trick, Kevin." <laughs> and then he like chinned him or something. Owens was so furious about this that he sold it and he sold it so well that everybody in the building was like, yeah, another one for our new guy. <laughs> another one for Ezekiel. And it just, I don't know, like the, the power of the sentiment within the building was such that I was like, yes, we go again. We go again. Well, and what was the sentiment of the people in the building at Hell in a Cell? Uh, they were with... Kevin Owens more than Elias. <laughs> because, <laughs> because he's, was the match any good? It was all right. It was, it was passable stuff. Yeah. Right. If, if Wilborn is saying, oh, it's fine, it means yeah. it was the most turgid, you know pedestrian it, it, outing imaginable. We should have known this because he always had a half decent elbow drop. Elias slash Ezekiel. Got, CM Punk. Yeah, loads better. Has got more spring in his step as like doing the babyface, the WWE babyface comeback than maybe I would have ever given him credit for just seeing him work as Elias. He does like the big, like, you know, they, they like they're like all the wrestlers to be pinballs, don't they? So like he's bouncing up, he's, wait, he's ready for the heel again. Big, like sort of big overblown right hands, stinger splashes, all that sort of stuff. He, like those babyface basics are not so bad and we never would have, never would have seen him with him doing the Elias slow it down stuff. Uh, it's not what makes a world champion. Don't get us wrong. Okay. Um, 
But it wasn't a total disaster. Ben, what, like, he, he was, he's always going to be better protected by something like a hot tag. So what you're driving at here, I don't want to put words in your mouth, is <laughs> the storyline that I'm watching on a wrestling show kind of falls apart when it gets inside a wrestling ring. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, go, go. Win for Zeke tonight? Yes. <sighs> what was the result at the paper? Kevin Owens won. Uh, greatly. greatly I think win for Zeke, and I think possibly as a development, he's lost his razor. <laughs> He's got a bit of stubble this week. And he's like, maybe this stubble's kind of lucky. Maybe I'll grow this out. <laughs> nice. He's got a while. He's got <laughs> quite some time before he gets a Elias-sized beard. <laughs> I was looking at the image today. Remember when like, we first saw these trunks? And it was like, what the hell's going on with Elias's gear? Because it was like leaked for a game. Yeah. And they never got used. And now he's, it's weird. it's like somebody's made a Photoshop. What if it was Elias's head on Ezekiel's body? It's like... It's, it's the same fucking person. <laughs> like, I just watched it. Who's made that crazy Photoshop for a dream match graphic <laughs> against Seth Rollins? Uh, uh, ladder match for the United States title. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's talk about Becky Lynch's downward spiral, Michael Sidgwick. So last week, she... uh, she challenged for the 24-7 championship, of oh course, God. and lost. Um, but, Hamlet and I excused it somewhat because it does... I wasn't here. Well, you weren't we here. We talked about this, didn't we? Told Me and you had again. a chat about this, Cedric. Yeah, yeah, but like, it should be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah off, give us your thoughts stuff, give your thoughts on it and, uh, and whether or not this works for you. Uh, they should not be occupying the same physical space. But that's what... I. To be fair, we said something similar in terms of when people were like... You've got to put the 24-7 championship on if she's competing for it. We're like, no. No one would, you could put that up start tight around stone cold Steve Austin's waist and it will not recover from where it's been. But so you kind of have to have her lose, but it, at least it wasn't just, oh, Asuka's music playing, she got distracted. Like Asuka kind of screwed her out of it, despite the fact that she's the baby face and all this. They should not share the same physical space. That's how stigmatized this 24-7 title is. It's absolutely risible, unfunny, network-mandated, forced fun content that just isn't remotely taken seriously by design by anyone. Putting Becky Lynch within that orbit just demeans her by association. It doesn't... 
there are people have no imaginations. There are so many different ways that you can tell a story. And just because WWE is in minus figures of that number at this point <laughs> doesn't mean that they can be excused for how rotten their stuff is. There is... You can... Don't do the thing that there are copium good versions of because just don't do the thing. Like, oh, she got distracted by Asuka, so it doesn't really count. All right, okay, well, if it doesn't count, why have any matches? Is Dana Brooke, Dana Brooke by virtue of her beating Becky Lynch, does she have any chance of appearing on the next premium live event? No. But she's just, beaten, she's just beaten Becky Lynch, though. Yeah, but Asuka held Becky Lynch's legs down. I, I see cheating in every single match, in every <laughs> single promotion, and it doesn't matter because the result will stand. It's, so you see, the tick of the wind. Will Dana Brooke appear in anything other than maybe a backstage skate at the next premium live event? No. So, so her win doesn't matter? No. So what you saw doesn't matter? So why does me criticizing it matter? It doesn't. Literally, when you do things like this, nothing matters. And when nothing matters, the result in, the result in question the nature of the result, what the person who was affected by the result does next, how much of a star she could be. That doesn't matter the match, doesn't matter the result, doesn't matter what she does next, doesn't matter what the other person doesn't do next, doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's sludge, 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 and it's just bollocks of, all right, okay, well, what's the point of me watching this? That hasn't gone away. This is a particularly egregious and weird, stunty version of, oh, nothing matters what these wrestlers do or the characters in this show do, so I shouldn't watch it. It's not like a big disgrace. Oh, my God, she lost to the 24-7 champion. But it's still just yet more nothing matters booking. There's a million ways they could advance not only the storyline between Becky Lynch and Asuka, but the idea that Becky Lynch is on a downward spiral. She was, like, doing Gollum stuff three months ago. That wasn't very good. She's been saying that it's good that she's reached rock bottom with a maniacal laughter. Because that means the only way is up. Can't do accents. <laughs> Gaz in the plastic population. The only way is up. There's just no point to any of this, is there? I don't totally disagree with that. However, I I liked it because it's there's another character and I can't think it might have been Owens. You know how nothing like everything is so inauthentic in WWE. It <laughs> plays to the nothing matters thing. I do appreciate that. Everything is so inauthentic, no, nothing is real, right? So the worst thing that the actual stars can do is suddenly find themselves trapped within it. There was a certain authenticity to this completely deranged and derailed Becky Lynch character believing that, well, hang on, there's a belt out here. Like, I am miles and miles above this. Mm. So I should have... Like, the whole point... That match existed because she was so entitled to its existence, right, in her mind, because she's getting lost in the sludge. Right, to use your word, this is... Total sludge. She'd and just been booked in a match against Dana Brooke. Then 24-7 shenanigans happened, and she was like, if anyone survived yeah. for this Dana Brooke belt. didn't walk out with the belt, did she? She found herself with it. You're like, Dana, Brooke did, Dana Brooke didn't walk to the ring as 24-7 champion. He pinned Tazawa. He got yeah, chased yeah, into yeah, the exactly. ring. So You're like in a trap. You're justifying the character's reaction to a situation that the fictional character should never have been written to be in. Yes, because we're so far, like, within W, not in AEW, thankfully, but this is like... We're beyond that being the way that WWE exists anymore. It's, I was going to say post kayfabe, but it's not even that, is it? It's because we've we had post kayfabe in the two thousands, post post kayfabe or something. You know, like the only wrestlers that get over are the ones who 
seemingly have to exist outside of this universe. Becky Lynch gets over as the man because everybody, like WWE, is saying, Charlotte, 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 and everybody's going, no, I don't want Charlotte, I want Becky Lynch, and the Becky Lynch gets over. We've seen these. There's examples of these over and over again. Every now and then, um, well, Kevin Owens, to go the other way, has been so entertaining because it's been really fun to watch him get sucked in and get trapped by it. Oh, Christ, I'm hanging out with Chad Gable trying to get a DNA test on the guy who I know is not the, the person he says he is, right? So they, there's a way that you can actually have a lot of fun with it. Um, I'll grant you that, that Owen stuff's been all right. Do you know what I mean? Until so the like, bell rings. So like the, yeah, you can use it to your advantage. The best performers use it to their advantage. Most of them are just the sludge. Uh, 90% of the roster is the sludge. Like Mustafa Ali being like, I, like I'm going to turn my career around. I'm going to do it starting with the United States title or whatever. And it's like, all of that sucks, pal. Like n- stop adding value to something that has no value and I'll respect you more. Like, stay away. Say you're not going to win something and then watch how quickly he gets over rather than getting caught in the storylines. Becky Lynch's character, as she is now, is is lost. She's completely trapped in the sludge. And the idea that... So when she was fighting... One thing, if they put a graphic up and say, tonight on Raw, 24-7 title on the line, Dana Brooke versus Becky Lynch. Nah, absolutely not. But in this stupid, everything is impromptu, nothing matters, I sort of thought that worked. Like, I do, like... there are many ways to tell the story, and they'll tell it a lot of different ways. Because, as you've pointed out before, there's no real, there's not an order to these things. Character: Becky Lynch, downward spiral. Eight weeks of downward spiral ideas, and like this one was a four out of ten. This one was a six. This one was a two. There's no, no longer does it go like that in a sort of upward motion, leading to the pay per view where it peaks at just the right time. It's just funny week for Becky Lynch, boring week for Becky Lynch, quite interesting week for Becky Lynch, bland week. I thought that fell between... It wasn't very funny, but I thought it fell between funny and interesting in that I just don't think people would have imagined... Like, there was a surprising element to it. I don't think when you would have thought of Becky Lynch having a downward spiral, you would have thought more of the golem and the staring at the hands and the acting, and oh my God, than you would have... Christ, she's that on her ass that she's losing to Dana Brooke. The other side of that is that, like, Dana Brooke will gain nothing from the victory. Yes. If, any, if anything, Which it's just... therefore doesn't matter. If anything, like, you're such a loser that more people are talking about what an even bigger loser Becky Lynch yeah. must have been to lose to you in the first place. Well, but that's the sludge. Part of that it's re- all bad. Part of that potential redemption could come in the form of money in the bank, of course. Now, I'm not suggesting that Becky Lynch should win money in the bank. We are on the road to money in the bank. It's, what, three weeks away, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Um, and, yeah, hoying Becky and Asuka potentially in that match would be a really good start. Got Lacey Evans in there already, of course. Yeah, I mean they have a they have the potential with this Money in the Bank match to present this this women's division as far greater than it actually is. Um, if Becky Lynch and Asuka are in it um, straight away, that like you know bolsters whatever the potential star power is going to be because they both want to win this briefcase that is typically res- you know there for up and comers or people who haven't won the title before. It's not a fantastic division. But just like how Naomi was replaced with Becky and Asuka in a bit of a panic, and you had this match that made Raw's women's division look like, you know, quite sort of um, busy, that there was loads going on. Better than SmackDown. Substantially so. They replaced, <coughs> they replaced Sasha Banks with nobody, and Ronda Rousey is drowning because there was just nothing going on in that women's division. Um, I think it would, prob- it would massively help the women's Money in the Bank match to get them both. And I don't think there's as much value in the singles match as the super fans of those women would have you believe. They did it on Raw a few weeks ago, didn't they? They did it twice on Raw, that singles match. What match? Becky and Asuka. Well, they've at least done the singles match and the triple threat. Yeah. So I don't think there's as much to it. But and, really the, and, and downward spiral could be continued in more of a legitimate way if Becky's there. She's got her hands on the briefcase yeah. and gets snatched away from her. And she's it's, like, it's a good thing for she her could to lose yet again, fall short. She lose a qualifier. Or she could lose a qualifier, yeah. yeah. She loses a qualifier against someone who isn't a joke, right? 
right? And that person advances to Money in the Bank, potentially wins. I understand the roster's so thin at this point that I've got no idea who this person could be. If it's a decent level opponent who actually subsequently goes on to do something of merit and of importance narratively in the show, and then, then Becky Lynch can then defeat Asuka, who realistically isn't as big a star, and then Becky Lynch can use that to actually go and contend for Bianca, Bianca, Belinch's, Bianca Belair's title, then not only does Becky do something of note, the person who's beaten Becky does something of note. They can do two productive things. Liv Morgan instead fits of, that profile perfectly, doesn't yeah. she? And then Where instead of right having two characters go in no direction, you'd have two director, two direct characters go in good forward directions. Who would you have win money in the bank? I don't care because right none of them are going to do anything worthwhile with the title. I don't know. Liv Morgan's probably deserved something after the Becky thing. I understand that it was nowhere near as over as her stands would have liked. I think they drew an absolute disaster of a third hour, and the match at day one was good, but not like breakthrough star mm. good. But she still got it in her to do something more, I believe, and they've got no one else, realistically. I think it's Lacey Evans all day. I'm not particularly advocating for it. I just I have Oh, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. If yeah. I was booking it, I would do the other thing. In terms of if he's not Sammy in the men's division, who would you put it on? Through, uh, so we can call it for Clash at the Castle, or would yeah, you have maybe I'd, Theory or, or Lashley? You said that on one of our SmackDown previews. The idea of Drew just calling his shot for Clash at the Castle, w- I was pretty down on that at first because it just felt like a very WWE development. Guy says, I'm having a match because that's a pay per view. Honorable babyface. It's can, pretty <laughs> rare for them. Like, I can pretend I talk this pay per view in existence, so I'm going to get the title shot on it. Him saying it out loud gives the bloodline storyline reason to try and stop him getting it. So something like a money in the bank being something that they can't stop is actually quite nice. Like the honourable element of it is him saying, "I'm going to, I'm going to get it then," but having to get it by having a briefcase rather than just saying it, which I thought was the original thing. I'll be the number one contender at Clash at the Castle. Is that how it's done? Then is it like anyone just comes out and says so because the show's near where they live? Like that's how I thought they were going to go with it. <laughs> the briefcase adds a bit of legitimacy to all that. We know his goals now, and we know his intent. So and there's no one to cash it in on. Like you can cash it in any time, any place. I've got around Roman's house because that's the only <laughs> yeah. place to get it. So it does make sense this year of all years to do a babyface calls a shot in advance, which is something they should have done for a long, long time before this. Because then they get the big E situation of last year where everyone just kind of resents them because the booking's so piss poor. Mm. Uh Finally, uh, of course, Seth Rollins on last week's show seemed to turn babyface and then turn back to the dark side uh, by attacking Cody Rhodes and taking him out for nine months, Michael Sidgwick. That's what they're saying. Ugh. What's that, uh, nine months from now? Uh, before WrestleMania, after the Rumble. Or up to nine months, I thought was a very key phrase, actually, yeah. on SmackDown. Um, so what's the question? What next for Seth Rollins? Well, will he answer for his crimes tonight? <laughs> <laughs> They did use something that it was it was it's a bit of me that, but it's also now, the, a bit of WWE copy. Oh, we haven't explored this game enough. Uh, yeah, me, we'll and, this. me and Willborn have got a new game uh-huh. that we sometimes do. We did on the SmackDown preview when you were off. Um guess <laughs> fill in the words from WWE's copy. You know, it's like this bone crunching collision <laughs> highlighted last week's car chaotic WWE Raw. Well, the preview and review like to fill in the missing words. Yeah. So play the game. Uh, so the, the headline is it's kind of very close to what I've written here. Seth freaking Rollins uh, answers for his attack on Cody Rhodes. Uh, and it says, well, uh, Cody Rhodes suffered a torn pectoral training for Hell in a Cell. Despite the injury, he fought through the pain in a gutsy heroic performance and somehow defeated Seth freaking Rollins. The next night on Raw, 
Do a sense, but like do the crazy WWE copy missing. Okay. And then me and Hamlet each have a go. Uh, okay. The next night on Raw, the visionary blank using a sledgehammer to blank. Snapped. Drip God struck. And using a sledgehammer to blank. Annihilate Cody. So I'm going with... Struck? Yeah, something like that. Struck, annihilated. So, struck. What did he do with the sledgehammer? Using a sledgehammer to... Uh, You'll never get this. It's very WWE copy, this. Bludgeon. Ooh, I'll tell you what. Eviscerate? The next night on Raw, the visionary savagely attacked Rhodes using a sledgehammer to target his foe's torn peck. <laughs> uh, with Rhodes now sidelined after undergoing surgery to repair the torn muscle, what is next for Rollins? Find out. We need the bank qualifier. Helping Owens figure out the truth about Ezekiel. Oh, I like that because Get they've got good together. chemistry. Uh, yeah. Get the band back together. I think opening show promo and a telling off from Postman Pierce. Oh, God. I feel he's going to come out. Maybe he's going to come out in some very nice drip, though. Comes, oh, maybe yeah. he's going like to waste his money on a new suit again. But a Cody suit. Maybe a fake net, neck tattoo to go along. That with would it. be fantastic. Neck tattoo. Someone should have done it in AEW and they didn't, so they missed a trick there. Hopefully, the drip quad can uh, <laughs> do that. So, Raw opens tonight with, as you said, Seth Rollins in oh, like. Uh, the fake <laughs> neck tattoo. <laughs> Pierce comes out, goes, hang on a minute. It's one of my stars you've just put on the shelf now. So, it's punishment. You're going to do. Your job. <laughs> wrestle a match. Because I think Seth Rollins should say something like, you know, I'm the trip guard. I'm the visionary. Should automatically be in the Money in the Bank qualifying yeah. match. And Adam Pearce goes, well, I'm not so sure. I think you should do your job first. <laughs> and not then so fast. Like, and Dominic Mysterio yeah. or something like that. Just before we play the game, like, you're Seth Rollins, right? You're having one of the better ring years of, of your career thus far. A celebrated series where you're being given, like, almost as much credit as Cody is. The fans love your theme. You've had a couple of really iconic moments this year outside of the Cody feud. Things are going really, really well. You've not embarrassed yourself on Twitter in forever, right? And then, like, Raw's top baby face goes down, and you've just finished the trilogy with him to the point where, at this point, there is zilch left for you to do as a heel. You must be walking into work that day feeling pretty great. And the top uh, new top star. Yeah. And they're like, good news. <laughs> Don't worry, pal. You're staying here. We're going with Edge again. What the? F- <laughs> like, it's not exactly a show of faith, is it? That like, it's not exactly a reward for all his hard work. Yeah, this nah. year. He was well, primed. Yeah, I think he's. He's got the song. They should have turned him face. Actually, they yeah. really should have. I think it was the right time. They're in Wichita tonight. Wichita Falls. Are you going to see <laughs> Wichita? I'm feeling pretty spectacular tonight. It's got the word peck in it. <laughs> but, but. Postman Pierce is going to say, you're going to do your job, but it's not going to be against one of those losers in the back. It is... Hang on, wait a second. I don't... Postman Pierce isn't going to do this, by the way. But tonight, it's time... Hang on. <laughs> for a game! <laughs> <laughs> so I've got the... Uh, I thought to defend Cody Rhodes' honour, Yeah, it could be um, a member of the WWE alumni section... Uh, who comes out and challenges Seth, and maybe it's a one-nighter thing, maybe it's a Money in the Bank qualifier, maybe it's a... Cody does a tweet where like he explains some sort of ludicrous backstory, and uh, 
Yeah, my, uh, my dad and X, Y, Z used to row the roads together. Roads, do you get it? <laughs> He's fighting for me. <laughs> uh, who wants to go first? Go Hamlet and go first. Oh, okay, Hamlet. Um, I'm scrolling through the WWE alumni page. Tell me when to stop and then give me a number between one and four. Stop. Okay. <laughs> number between one and four. I don't like that tone when we're doing the alumni page. You're all right if I cross the board for, uh, for, for the worst of the worst. Four. Say, do you want to break the news to him? Damn, damn. I don't, I don't know. What was, <laughs> what was there? The club's music again? <laughs> what are we doing? Is it Biscuits and gravy! <laughs> is it Gallows? Gallows, <laughs> That man <laughs> has made me laugh today more than any other wrestler at Cedric's desk, watching him pop at Carl Anderson's post-match promo. Bright Lights Anderson. Ooh. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I've not seen that. Is that. Oh, my God, it's fantastic. It's Carl Anderson basically admitting, yeah, yeah, I don't get an impact. <laughs> it's, but in his, it's, he puts it across in such a hilarious <laughs> way. He says, now nah, I'm good. <laughs> 6,000 people out there. I'll turn it on. I'll turn the lights on. <laughs> turn the lights on. 6,000 people out there. 300? Now nah, I'm good. Now nah, I'm good. <laughs> Carl just giggles next to him. Bright lights Carl Anderson. <laughs> what a character. So if it's not Luke Gallows, defending the honour of Cody Rhodes, Michael Sidgwick, who is it? Stop. Right. Two. Let us guess. I like the guessing game. Component. Okay. So if it was number one, it would be... Hakushi. Great. That would have been class. Number three, it would be... Horrorland. This actually works insanely well, by the way. Number four. I've got it, I think. Heath Slater. Right, so Hakushi Harland. So H-A... I think it's another member of Bullet Club. Another one of Cody's former allies in the club. I think it is who I think it is. Wouldn't we just be Haku? Yeah. It's not Haku. Oh. So that would be Haku, Haku. Oh, of course, yeah. It's, so it's, it's really, it genuinely, you've stumbled across something that might work and could potentially actually happen. So H-A-K and H-A-R. It could be one of those. It could be between them. Yeah. So that's, that's, how, the that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> that's how the alphabet works. So it could be Hal. could be Han. Do you to, can, I, can I do a cut of promo before you work this one out? Yeah. What if this person comes out and says, you can't see it. They're in a hood for someone. You know, <laughs> so they can do a promo and then reveal themselves. They're going to say, Seth, what do you think is going to happen? You're just going to what? Cripple Cody? What? Cripple everybody here in the WWE and then... Then what are they going to do? Then what are they going to do? Going to give you the belt and have you beat everybody? It's Hardcore Holly! That actually works really well. It does. LCSD. Kind of, if you pretend they didn't turn on each other. Yeah, yeah, they always pretend this. The tag team partner's going to be here. I like that, Hardcore Holly. Yeah. Hardcore Holly. Yes, we'll go with that. All day. Yeah. Good booking, that, Sige. Thanks. Right, let us know your thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Our Smackdown and Rampage reviews are available right now. And we'll be back tomorrow to review everything that happened on Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.